0: Our team at the Montana State News Bureau is back again at the Capitol following all the major action during the 90 day legislative session. From how Republicans navigate an historic supermajority to transformational decisions on spending billions in surplus and the fate of intense social bills. Listen here each week for everything you need to know about your state legislature. This is Big Sky Lead. So we're back um, with a uh, a new legislative session started on Monday. Uh, that means we're back with a weekly Big Sky Lead episodes, um, talking about what's happening up at the Capitol. Uh, with me today is Tom Kuglin and Holly Michaels of the Montana State News Bureau. Um, Holly, why don't you just set the scene for listeners? Um, you know the big picture about what this session what this session looks like going into it.
1: Yeah, I think there's a couple things that when people are talking about this upcoming session come up over and over. The big one, I think, just coming out of the election in November is Republicans hold a supermajority in the legislature. So that's supermajority in both chambers, House and Senate.
0: And what, what defines a supermajority?
1: It is a threshold of holding two thirds of the chamber. And that means that you can do The big one that we're talking about a lot is past constitutional referendums without any support from the opposing party. And that would be putting on the ballot in November 2024 for voters to decide on changes to the state constitution. So that's a major theme we're going to see. that I think there's 48 referendums proposed already, all from Republicans. The other big piece, I think, is... There's, depends on who you talk to, but roughly an estimated $2.4 billion surplus that we're going to see how it gets divvied up. The governor's put out his budget proposal. He wants to give about a billion of that back to taxpayers through various different proposals. Republicans seem to be generally supportive of that, but say that they might be wanting to tweak the balance of what's done there. Democrats feel like some of the governor's proposals you know, benefit people, but maybe benefit wealthier people more. So there's some opposition there. But that's going to be, I think, a pretty big theme is how we divide all of that money. Also, how much of it we save for what people think is a looming recession.
0: So um, that seems like a huge chunk of money. And I mean, we're going to talk about this a lot. But like, could you just like give us a little brief synopsis of like why there's so much money, where it came from? And is it pretty common for... Uh, legislature to have that much money to divvy out right at the right at the top of the session.
1: Yeah, so I'm by no means the fiscal expert, but I would say you know 2.4 billion to put into context. I think the total proposed state budget this year is around 12 billion, so it's a huge amount. Okay. Um, why we have it? There's a lot of different reasons people will cite. I think COVID is a pretty major part of it, though. You know, COVID from the federal government pumped a ton of money into the state. We also saw you know, people's incomes went up in certain financial categories during COVID. So people were paying more in income tax, which is where the Republican idea of this is taxpayers' money that you know you could argue from that side of the aisle and maybe Democrats might feel it's by two people overpaid in taxes mm-hmm. so we're giving it back to them, but definitely tied to COVID. I think this kind of surplus is something that I've definitely never seen before in my time. Most legislators say they haven't either, We did, you know, last session they divvied up a ton of federal COVID aid, which was a different sort of way. But we have had you know two sessions now back-to-back of dealing with big pots of money that aren't normal and how we direct those around the state.
2: And And I think, like, the big discussion is how much money of that is going to be rebated and refunded to taxpayers versus how much is going to be spent or used for, like, trusts or things like that that would set up like a uh, a funding source for programs moving forward so um, it's not whether there's going to be some money refunded it's how much and totally how much this is gonna um, be debated I think because everybody I think on both sides recognize this is sort of an extraordinary circumstance to have this much money and what to do with it right and what to do with it
1: i think the other thing is like what tom was saying there's you hear this word people who keep saying transformational decisions about putting money toward repairs to the state prison or infusions to the state hospital which is something the bureau's covered a lot and just like what those decisions are and what happens will be pretty interesting.
0: So it sounds like the big paradigm kind of looming over this is this majority that the Republicans hold, though. I mean, we haven't seen this in our lifetimes. It's kind of historic
1: to have this much of a majority, right? Yeah, I think since the legislature has been in the configuration, it is now with the number of people in the House and Mm -hmm. Senate, this is the first time we've seen this much Mm -hmm. held by one party. there has been previous when the legislature looked a little different. That's been think close but this is the first time kind of in the modern setup
0: right right so what did we see you know what did day one look like um monday um is when they kicked this thing off with you know the swearing in and the, and the typical pomp and circumstance what did the
2: building look like tom uh, what did it feel like well it was interesting because it was a state holiday right <laughs> so parking was actually <laughs> yeah, pretty parking easy. Was great <laughs> <laughs> um because the legislators all get to park on on campus and um Everybody else has to park in the street someplace, and right, sometimes right. that can be a long walk. And right. you know, it wasn't warm yesterday. So, <laughs> um, but beyond you know just the, the the logistics of getting to the Capitol, um, it it's always an interesting start. But I mean, obviously, last session we had all these COVID restrictions and these unknowns, and um, there was a lot of debate um, about how the legislature was going to be conducted. Right, going into it and rolling out all these remote options and everything like that. So, um, you know, it felt a lot more normal Right. to be there having, I, I think this will be my fifth session, mm-hmm. um, covering it in some capacity. So, uh, last session I wasn't up there much. I right. um, had a uh, real newborn baby at home and, and was dealing with, uh, that parenting mm-hmm. and covering the session all at once. So, um, you know, it was good to be up there and, and, you know, um, I think there's some camaraderie between the press corps up there. That's that's always fun. Yeah, there's um, certainly
0: there's certainly a lot of us up there. Um, there was last session, but I think the fact that it was mm-hmm. there was all those remote options, you know, and, and you know, uh, COVID was still kind of raging. Um, we didn't see mm-hmm. all the press there like we did yesterday. Certainly.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I the other thing that that kind of struck me was you know we saw a protest on the first day. <laughs> I don't recall that being a thing. Right. Uh, previously Um, but I I, like I said what really struck me is I I think we're we're in a session where it's gonna feel more like former sessions I think we'll see more um, people certainly up at the Capitol than we did in the last session um, you know voicing concerns um, testifying on bills, protesting, mm-hmm. and... Uh, everything that comes with the session. Yeah, everything that comes with the session. Well,
0: now, you sat in, I think you sat in on the Senate side for their kind of opening ceremony. I think they did a lot of speeches. What did it sound like? What was the mood? Um, you know, what were Republicans saying about the majority and what they're going to do um, with it?
2: Yeah, I. so I think the Democrats, um, recognizing that they have a, you know, only 16 members in the Senate, and uh, I, I didn't get to go to the House, obviously, but um, they've been trying to get out in front um, a lot. You know, they held a press conference at yesterday and, and had press there um, to talk about their priorities, um, and, you know, well, they certainly have their priorities, and we'll see their their bills. Um, that they're putting themselves out there really as a check right, publicly on the Republicans, um, so we'll, we'll see that dynamic play out, and we saw that in all the speeches, um, you know, the, the minority leader, Pat Flowers, and I think a lot of Democrats have talked about um, accountability and, and what that's going to look like as, as a minority party, as a super minority. Right. Right. Um, now, whether there is a path to a majority that would involve the Democrats and moderate Republicans, I think that, that's going to be an interesting Remains thing. to be seen. And it's something we've seen in past sessions, but um, we'll see how that plays out this session, too. Um, the majority, you know, um, Steve Fitzpatrick, who's the senator from Great Falls, he's the majority leader in, in the Senate, and um, you know he, they took they took a little bit of time to take a victory lap, um, yeah. Talk about how they had the session and what they accomplished last time, and and you know came out and said, well, clearly the voters in Montana approved of what we did because we gained even more seats. Okay. Um, and then talked about. Um, sort of what some of their priorities are. Um, I think everybody recognizes that housing that came came up from, from both sides of the aisle. Right. Um, and certainly cost of living mm-hmm. are, are gonna be big things we talk about.
0: Okay. And Holly, you were obviously up there. What did you see on day one? Um, what did it feel like to you?
1: Um, I, like Tom was saying, just much more like a normal session, you know, COVID rules are different. You can still do remote testimony, um, and members can participate remotely as of now under the rules. So there's some of those provisions, but I mean, it was packed like it normally There's still a is. big screen in every room. Yeah, yep. still got that. Um, like today when I was up there, you know, they're getting ready to do those big lunch feeds that they do in the rotondo, which we really didn't see that last session very much. Um. You know, the protest piece that Tom mentioned, that was pretty interesting. It was a group, I think they were about 15 when I was with them. They were in the old Supreme Court chambers um, trying to just, their message was, you know, we want to occupy this space. We want to raise concerns with legislators, there wasn't like a single specific issue or piece of legislation that they were focused on, but there were several, I think, you know, reproductive rights and rights for LGBTQ plus Montanans was a lot of what I heard frustrations with. Um, there were a couple members of that group who stood quietly with signs, you know, indicating protest during an office of public instruction event mm-hmm. that happened before legislators were sworn in. I saw some,
0: um, gun control signs yeah. there.
1: Yeah. That you know, typically stuff where we see, um, you know, more in the past, I think we've seen people show up for specific pieces of legislation. And I think we'll see that later in the session, too. But this is the first time I've kind of seen just general opposition at the start. And they were eventually asked to leave that space. And It's a little bit of a gray area on the rules of who could protest in that room. because it was just they were having a reception, you know, like cake and coffee for legislators after swearing in. And it wasn't like a committee hearing or a house or senate chamber where there's pretty strong rules about who can be where right. so then they kind of just gathered on that third floor area and just you know it was pretty quiet it was pretty you know there weren't any clashes or anything like that but just being present and then sort of filtered out after about an hour or so I think
0: right yeah. and you know and so you know we talked about this um and we talked about how the opening day is usually mostly ceremonial, but uh, we did get a little bit of an indication of how Republicans will navigate um, the power that they hold um, in the House, at least, through the House Rules Committee. Can you tell us what unfolded um, in that, that meeting yesterday?
1: Yeah, so this ties into what Tom was talking about in the past, where Democrats have been able to work with this coalition that you know, they're very careful now they want to be called the conservative solutions caucus. In the past, it's just been the solutions caucus, and I think that's because they don't like being pegged as moderate Republicans. But right. I think that's an accurate descriptor of a lot of what they engage in on you know, more financial type issues. Um, so we saw in the House Rules Committee, previously it took a three fifths majority, which is a pretty heavy lift of the full House to be able to take a bill. That might be killed off in committee and bring it back, revive it for the whole House to debate. And why that matters is sometimes committees might be a little further to the right or more conservative or less open to entertaining certain policies than the full House chamber might be. Okay. And we, I talked to the Speaker a little bit, you know, and we we talked about this when they did committee assignments. He feels like you know, the committees are pretty balanced and fair, but I think they're still concerned from that smaller caucus of Republicans. So the rule of change that we saw would lower that three-fifths to just a fifty-five vote of the full house. So you just need, you know, that's four votes over a simple majority of fifty-one to be able to pull something they call it blasting it out of committee. And if you look in past sessions, you know, pretty major stuff, the first time Montana expanded Medicaid in twenty fifteen. That bill was dead in committee, and they blasted it out of the committee. So that's been a major tool that that conservative solutions caucus has used to partner with Democrats to get that threshold. This time, as of where we sit right now, it'd be just 55 votes to yank something out of committee. And you, in watching that rules committee, it wasn't scheduled. It came up, um, you know, sometime early afternoon that they were going to have this meeting. And so they get going on it, and you know, the discussion starts, and it's all pretty technical, and they're talking about numbers and thresholds and all of this. And then the debate really quickly, and this doesn't always happen, got really just frank into discussions about what this means for how Republicans are feeling about each other. You had um, Republican Representative Ed Buttrey and Dave Beatty, who are kind of in that conservative solutions caucus group, I'd say probably leaders in that group, they were pretty frank in saying, look, we want the full body to debate some things that we think are going to get killed off in committee. And you had other Republicans who are on the more you know right, conservative side of the party saying, look, we have a supermajority. Why would we entertain anything? You know, We can do things unilaterally. That's the point in power of a supermajority. We don't support this.
0: Right, because if I'm hearing you right, this rule change would strip a little bit of that power away from the majority and give it back to you know the body as a whole you take a little bit of that supermajority power out of the committee
1: yeah and i think you know, a lot of discussion at first when they're talking about this rule change is why we give democrats these power this power and i think you know, it does empower democrats but you know, minority leader kim abbott was like you know 51 vote majorities where we'd really like to be able to do blasts and you know 55 is better than where it is but still not that, but I think the real game is not so much that this might benefit Democrats, but that coalition of Democrats and the Conservative Solutions Caucus being able to partner together to get to that 55-vote threshold.
2: Where was it at before the 55-vote rule?
1: It was three-fifths.
2: Which is like 60. 60 votes. Yep. So, so. I, I think what's interesting, though, is, is each session is so different on how the rules play out, because I remember some of my first sessions, they had what were called silver bullets, right, where the Democrats got to, like, I believe it was like six bills, they could pull out of. They could blast with like a fifty, or I shouldn't say Democrats, but it would it would be the Democrats with the minority a, a, party, a, a, which with a portion of Republicans would be able to blast a certain number of bills right with a simple majority,
0: which would be the fifty-one.
2: Yeah, which but would be. The we 51. don't have silver bullets this session. In no, so so th- that's what I'm saying though. It's just interesting because you know each session, there's these little nuances that that when you cover the session, you know, right. this is often as Holly and, and I have um, things you just pick up on that are like, oh, okay, this was different, you know, six years ago, they had a, a totally different system um, that they thought was gonna be, you know, offer some equity to everybody, and, and now this is this is where the, they had, They could. They didn't have to do this, but they did do it. Right.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was a little naive on my first session. I didn't realize, like, I, I thought that the rules of the legislature were just the rules of the legislature. Yeah. But every session has its own rules process. Yeah. And so every session can look different as far as, you know, how they put these rules in place to how the rest of the session plays out. Well, and the yeah. chambers
2: can be different, too. Right. Which throws another wrench in it i mean you mean the yeah. house versus the senate yeah i mean you have 34 to 16 majority in in the senate um you know they could be blasting all day long in the house but hit the senate and hit that right that majority and it's not going to go anywhere from there so right yeah. um so oh, go ahead Ollie. oh it
1: does uh, they're super wonky i think though it's a good indication and pastoral changes always just kind of help I think the theme for the last couple of sessions is Republicans in the majority, but divisions in the caucus and how Democrats can play that to their advantage and mm-hmm. those more moderate Republicans. So I think this one I was a little maybe surprised. It cleared the committee twelve to ten. And then it the full rule package, the whole proposal, I think cleared on a with fourteen votes for it. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll be interested to see as this week plays out as this will now come to the full house for a vote. So I think we're going to hear some more of that debate of you know, different factions of the Republican Party and why they either support that rule change or not. And then when we see that vote, that might give us an indication of who's in that conservative solutions caucus oh, this time around. Sort of. And it's hard because they're voting on the full rules proposal, not just that one slice of it. Mm-hmm. But that might give us a little bit of an indication of who's falling in there. Because you know, some freshmen we don't know. We've also seen Republican legislators sort of move into that caucus over time. I think Nancy Balance, Eric Moore from past sessions were ones that started out more conservative and then migrated into that, so that'll be an interesting time. Will tell on that, yeah.
0: So, what do what's going on for the rest of the week um, of the Capitol?
1: We got that rules. Um, I think we're looking to maybe Thursday that that'll hit the full House floor. I haven't seen that get scheduled yet, but that'll be soon. Um, Your know, communities are getting started. There's not a ton of major pieces of legislation moving right. through right now. You see early in the session. Legislation that comes from interim work, all these committees that meet between sessions that do a lot of work, they make draft proposals, they have these really nice bills that get worked on all, you know, through from 2021 till now. So those bills are kind of some of the early ones that come up. Um,
2: Agency bills too. Yeah. Kind of of fall in that same camp. It's something that... um, the agencies say, we this is a fix we need to do, but the legislature has to do it. A lot of times, those are what we call clean-up bills.
0: Yeah, procedural stuff. Yeah. Gets, they can get out of the way early and quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: good warm-up. Okay. Um, but yeah, seems like people are settling in, finding offices, finding the bathroom, finding their mm-hmm. parking spot. And right, getting
0: their name tags.
1: Getting coffee all nailed down for mm-hmm. where that comes from.
0: So what, okay, so uh, I guess I'm curious if we can do, I don't know which one of you guys want to take that wants to take this, but... I'm hoping we could just lay out what we know right now of the big picture priorities from both parties.
1: Yeah, um, I can take a stab, unless.
2: Yeah, go for it.
1: Yeah, Um, so I think from Republicans, we're hearing a lot about continuing tax reforms that they put in last session. Mm -hmm. Um, Eugene Forte and Republicans have made pretty clear they want that upper bracket of income tax to keep coming down. Uh, business equipment tax is one, Um, you know, property tax is something you hear from Republicans a lot about. The governor's proposal right now is this, it'd be a one-time, I guess it would be over two um, tax cycles, at least from what I've seen, but, you know, a non-ongoing rebate for property taxes. Um, You know, there are some proposals that Republicans have with, housing. Um, the governor had a task force that worked a little bit over the interim about mainly looking at regulations is where they focus ways that they can reduce those in an effort to increase, whether it's, you know, housing supplier affordability. There's a lot of debate on the best route there. Um, you know, those are the things I think we're hearing. I've talked to a lot of Republicans about, there's a lot of social issue bills. And what they're saying is that, you know, those are very important to the members who bring them, you know, looking at access to abortion, those kinds of things. But they're not sort of what comes up as top of the list of big priorities people want mm. to work on. Like They're there and they draw a lot of attention, right? but they're not what people are listing as top. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of just how to divvy up that surplus, how to balance the budget. I think Republicans have also heard they're looking at, you know, we've had a lot of problems both in state government and all across the state hiring. And so we've got these state agencies that have unstaffed positions and if they've been open for so long, is that a position we really need? I think I've heard Republicans talk about that. So I think just sort of you know, common things we hear from the Republican Party of a small government, as small right. as possible, kind of, yeah. So
0: what about, you know, the Democrats' priorities? Do we have any idea where they may line up with some of those Republican priorities and Democrats might get some of what they wanted out of this session?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of agreement about what things are big problems. I think everyone agrees housing. I think everyone okay. agrees you know, property taxes need to be looked at. Um, I think everybody agrees about child care, but it is like what those solutions are that's really different. Um, Democrats are looking at putting a lot of money into like housing trust funds. Um, there's a proposal to look at a program to help reimburse landlords who might or give them like a tax break somehow if they offer below market rental rates. Hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of differences on like what local governments can do to maybe restrict or encourage your growth. Just there's a lot of division there within the parties. Um, you know, child care is another one where Gene Ford has got a tax credit proposal for parents. Democrats want to go a lot further and look at sort of systemic ways that we can improve you know, the number of providers, access to care, the cost of it, all of that. Um, and they have talked about, you know, they're trying to find ways to work with Republicans. Like they recognize that we might be able to move something here. We might be able to inch their proposal a little bit more toward ours or something like that. Right. So yeah, I think there's some, some sort of agreement. I think a lot of like mental health access stuff, everyone agrees is an issue. Okay. Yeah. It's just, I think there's. So there is a some agreement on,
2: on the issues, but we'll see if there's any agreement on the outcome. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and I think some of the stuff is the amount. Yeah, right. Totally. Is going to, which isn't necessarily like the, the most Eliminating thing to write about or to digest as readers or reporters but I mean you know are we going to rebate a billion dollars are we going to rebate two billion dollars in taxes Um, how much with all this moving parts right Um, and then you have this you know the normal state budget Mm -hmm. process which is all all part of this too so okay yeah that's Um, yeah my observation though is I mean I think going into it we saw we're, we're seeing still seeing a lot of bill drafts we're starting to see some of those T- that, that were just titles coming as drafts. So I mean, we are seeing things that um, you know, more of the the culture war stuff that is um, kind of defined politics in the country in the last X number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to see some of that. Um, you know, there's there's bill drafts dealing with things like critical race theory teachings. Right. Um, there's election. Um, Reforms that they're talking about, and you know, um, th- there's certainly going to be a host of wildlife and natural resource right. bills that we're going to look at um, as those come in. And um, well, and that's
0: that was, that's going to be my next question, it might be a little repetitive from the last, but I'm, I'm wondering maybe we can um, go through and talk about, like, from the reporting angle, what you guys are going to be following throughout the session. Um, Four member team of reporters, we've got two of them here. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, how is that going to be broken up? How, how is the session going to be broken up between you four?
1: Yeah, I mean, just to follow up with Tom real quick, you know, two other things I think we should just hit on is judiciary. see a lot of legislation oh, related right, to right. judiciary. And then all those constitutional referendums of you know, everything from looking at the power of the border regions, and that comes from legislation last time that was overturned, that was a Republican bill. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's just a lot of, things within that world too but in terms of you know divvying up um yeah like what which, what yeah. are people
0: going to watch these bylines and you know what's going to come yeah. Under these yeah I'll
1: run through me in the bureau and then Tom can talk about his stuff um yeah you know, I kind of look a lot at health and human services issues um access to health care reproductive health care all of that the budget's one that I end up picking up a lot of too so that big piece of what moves through looking at a lot of tax stuff where we end up with the surplus and where all that all balances yeah. out I think that'll be a lot in my wheelhouse um you know, we have got sam wilson who last session he'll continue this was pretty into tom was talking about the election legislation that we're going to see coming he's also tracking this is another big piece of the session that we're going to see pretty soon take off and it's a very quick part is redistricting right um we, we have a map proposal the legislature can come in you know and in the end the redistricting commission doesn't really have to Make any changes the legislature wants to see, but it does give a pretty big platform for legislators who maybe love the proposal, hate the proposal, to talk about that. So that'll be a big part for Sam. He'll also follow a lot of money stuff. He's infrastructure that sort of piece of the budgets in his area too. Seymour will be following. He's done a lot of Seymour Larson, um, a lot of reporting on the State Hospital in Warm Springs and the State Prison in Deer Lodge, and there's right. legislation to address some of the issues that we've seen with. You know, like of staffing safety in those facilities problems there and how to address them so he'll be following that a lot of the judicial reforms that we're seeing proposed will be up his alley mm-hmm. to anything um, criminal justice criminal will fall under justice. his umbrella yeah
0: and Tom you're you're the natural resources and outdoor guy what are you gonna be watching um, what are the
2: big ticket items that people are talking about in that world um, interestingly enough I think it's gonna be money yeah. uh, <laughs> Common theme here. Common theme. No, um, so there there are certain accounts, um, namely one called Habitat Montana, which um, Fish Wildlife and Parks uses for um, things like land purchases, conservation easements, and more recently, um, lease conservation leases. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we will see some discussion about that from people I've talked to. Right. Um, the the governor's budget uh, and. Kind of back up a little bit. The governor puts out a budget, but then the legislature puts out is the one who advances the budget. Right. Obviously the governor signs it. But right. um there's there even with an all GOP uh makeup, there's still debate and, right. and and discussion and negotiation there. So um I think that'll be an interesting thing. Obviously, we have seen a lot on elk of course in the last year and a half since the last session. Yep. Um I'm not hundred percent sure on exactly what we'll see at this point. There's a lot of sort of things coming up that what well, we're going to have to see, um, if they end up actually coming to fruition. So right. I don't, I don't want to, I want to keep my powder dry a little bit on that. Yeah. But I mean, it's um,
0: a general but, rule of thumb. We'll have elk, bears, and wolves. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, um, I think something that, that I am keeping an eye on is there was a number of bills last session dealing with wolves. Um, I think some of the legislators that were behind those bills aren't very pleased with how they were implemented. So mm. we might see um, more um, more directives, more mandates in legislation. More specific language um, proposed this session. Um, okay. So we'll, we'll look at that. Um, and then, yeah, you know, there there's things on grizzly bears. Um, obviously, a federally listed species. So um, what Montana does is important. Um, but with, certainly within the greater context of um, they don't have all the decision-making right. power. right? So, um, but yeah, we're going to see that. And then um, I think from the Democrats, um, it is going to be interesting. I think there were certainly a number of bills last session that um, the Democrats voted pretty unanimously against. And I think we might see, I don't know what, if you want to call them like protest bills, but uh, bills that will um, force that discussion to be had again yeah. and whether... The changes that were made were the best changes mm-hmm. for the state um and then you know we're going to be dealing with with um, non-resident hunters too right um i think we we've, we've seen a big concern about how much influx there's been right how much um, of the with it yeah within the system we have and right. whether that um, you know there's got to be some non-resident hunting but what is that number going to be i think there's people who want to see more there's people want to see less so mm-hmm. Um, that's a discussion that, that I would be surprised if we didn't have at some point. I don't know if we're going to have that early, though. Right. Um, I think last session was was a good example that you saw, um, you know, bills dealing with, like, outfitter licenses come up early. And when those went away, um, you didn't see them that kind of stuff come back until the very, very end. So mm. um, it'll be interesting to see just how the process plays out. How the out. timeline plays out. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so, and I feel like, you know, we're pretty much wrapped up here, but I don't think we can go without addressing how many bill drafts are in.
1: So this uh, session on the legislative website, there's a convenient feature called the billboard. And there are 4,392 as of right now. So that's and obviously not all going to make it through. But, but can you
0: explain to folks what, like, what, what that means
1: yeah so that's how many bills have been requested right now and without language like yeah so legislators um you there's a certain number of bills you can declare as priority but there's a fair amount of bills you can just request and a lot of those have really general titles and that's to allow for your bill language has to fit under the bill title so you know tom can't bring a bill to you know give grizzly bears free honey and then have, you know, a bill title about ducks right. and it can't go in that bill. Right. So you need these kind of broad titles so that as stuff comes up during the session, you have a place to put policies you okay. want to propose. Um, so you know, a lot of those are necessary, but a lot of them are just there and don't ever turn into anything. But there are a lot of bills that are going to move through. You um, in interviews with leadership. Before the session, I talked to them about how they plan to manage that. You know, they talked about you know, today we have bill hearings, like they're starting right away. They're mm-hmm. trying to move as much as possible. But they all acknowledge we're going to see probably like hopefully not as bad as last session, but around transmittal deadline, which is there's different ones for money bills or policy bills or referendum all those different types of bills have different deadlines where they need to move from the chamber where they started to the next one. And we're probably going to get backed up again around that. I think last time we had a couple committees have... You know, it felt like all-day hearings, just trying to go through all that work, and I think we'll see that again, but that's just kind of the way it's been moving over the last couple of sessions. Is it,
0: You mean having more and more bill drafts? Is yeah. this an indication, Can like, is it safe to say that this is kind of an indication of, like, the um, like enthusiasm of the incoming um,
1: I think it's class? Enthusiasm, I think it's legislators who've been there a long time, have a lot of stuff that they want to accomplish. Um, you know, I think there's... I've heard a lot of different perspectives from people. Some people think a lot of legislation is brought to make a point, to bring attention to something, whether it actually accomplishes something or not. Sometimes isn't as much the priority as raising the discussion. Right, right. Um, And then, yeah, I think just different management, different leadership approaches. Um, The other thing I think is interesting is we saw last session, a lot of legislation and we have now things like interim budget committees that just give the legislature a lot more of a role during the interim. I think this is just you know like obviously this doesn't go into the interim but they're just trying to have a bigger role and be around more and you know we have the same bills that we had last time or a little bit different maybe this go around of you be know, switching how often we have sessions or what year we hold them and all that you know there's different mechanics to those but I think most legislators want to play a bigger role um, than just you know they're there 90 days they leave and I hear a lot of frustration of you know, we pass all these bills and then it's up to agencies to you know put everything into place and sometimes we feel like they do a good job and sometimes we wish we could be more vocal about it so mm-hmm. things kind of an evolving and I've only been there since 17 so you don't have the longest lens in the world but just an evolving role of what the legislature is and right yeah
0: cool. Well, all right, folks, um, that's uh, that's all we got for you on this episode. Um, so, the way this is going to work is we will have a weekly episode for the next four months, is
1: how long the session is. They, that's another thing, is they're scheduled until the second week of May, which is because they're not holding Saturday sessions at this point. Okay. So, they don't normally use all 90 days. But there's possibility we run into May. That's how it's scheduled out Okay. Now, which is interesting because we're starting about as early as we can. Right. Um, so I'm not so going to yeah, do the math we'll on see. that. I don't know
0: how many weeks that is, but we'll have an episode a week giving you guys a rundown on what's happening um, in the beginning of the week and then what we're looking for towards the end of the
1: week. Um, yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Tom. Thanks